0: App, app, fanana, fana, faux me, my, mo app. Go get our app in the app store. ESPN
1: 1420. What up, sports fan? This is Shaq, and you listen to the great Scott show with Scott Prather on ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. Joining me now at this time, it's raining here in Acadiana. It's also raining in New Orleans. From NOLA, it's Ali Cassell, friend of the program, friend of mine, managing editor of the Bird Rights, the SB Nation blog covering the New Orleans Pelicans, editor-in-chief of the Bird Rights. I don't know if I'm like mixing it up. I don't know all the proper titles, Ali. I just know you're the guy that like runs the. I know that much.
0: Yeah, I'm the guy you blame. So you've got that right.
1: You're the you're the you're the David Griffin of that.
0: Yes, yes. I guess you could look at it like that. Okay. Um, but I've been around a little bit longer than David.
1: <laughs> yeah, and um, David constructed the the Pelicans roster, which we'll get into in a little bit, but. Um, you know, last night in terms of of a postseason play-in game, um, they are not mathematically eliminated yet. But last night's one fifteen to one ten loss to the Grizzlies, couple with the Spurs win over the Bucks, pretty much, you know, at this point the Pels would have to finish three and zero. The Spurs zero and four. Um, and but but even before last night, Ali, I mean, it, it felt like a long mm-hmm. shot for a while. I know it gave some fans something to kind of latch on to but I think <laughs> you know once bi went out it was like okay yeah it's probably done and then once you come out you know cold against the Warriors it was okay they're probably done and then once Zion happened it's like okay they're definitely done and then these young bucks go in they play good defense you know they win uh they play hard against Philly they can't quite win then they win on Monday and it's like yeah hey, you never know you never know uh not Monday rather Sunday and and last night I I think for some that's pretty much it but Overall, let's just look at this season as as it is. I think the before the season started, we talked. I said I thought they would finish ninth in the West. Uh, I thought their ceiling was sixth. I thought their floor was eleventh or twelfth. Um, and here they are. They're going to finish eleventh or twelfth, likely eleventh. Um, it it it's not like I thought. Hey, this team needs to you know, be advancing in the playoffs this season. I I had some realistic expectations, and I don't think that they were very high. I thought they were fair, and they couldn't even meet those. And that is, you know, we can look at the bigger picture in a minute, but as far as this season goes, in my mind, I mean, they failed, bottom line.
0: Yeah, Scott, we see eye to eye on this, and I remember us talking about what we felt they would do this season, most likely, right? And and I was with you, ninth or 10th playing tournament somewhere right around 500 and guess what that would have been good enough to get into playing tournament but now right there's seven games under 500 so it's vastly more disappointing than I think a lot of fans had pictured even the experts I would think um if I remember correctly and you know Scott I don't think you have to look anywhere further than all those close losses this year you know at any point in time you just win a few more of those games We'd be talking differently today, um, but you're right. They buried themselves in a hole. So just this last couple of weeks, even though they still had those hopes alive, it, it, they were faint. And, you know, in just 24 hours, you kind of saw how quickly things could go from, hey, maybe it's possible to impossible. So, yeah, th- there was never really that great of a chance, right? They were going to see any kind of a postseason. And, look, it's a young team. Everybody understands that, and it's – or it's – it's uh being led by two really young guys in Zion and Brandon Ingram, but again, when you saw last year's team and the pace they were on, and you had some growth uh, for this young core, I don't think the expectations were wild. And it's it's got to be considered disappointing, Scott. Ten teams of sixteen make a postseason, right? It's not exactly the playoffs, but a postseason. So. From that standpoint alone, with seeing all this talent, you can't look at this season any other than it overall, just being a little disappointing, leaving that bitter taste in your mouth.
1: Their inability to close out games um, in so many cases over the last few months is really, you can look back to a number of games, they just completely blew, found creative ways to blow it, quite frankly. Um, and, And we could go back in detail, an early game in the season against Indiana or Later in the season against Portland and, you know, a a team with a lot of young pieces and, you know, I'll I'll tip my cap to to how feisty and aggressive the young guys have been playing as of late. And maybe that's because their legs quite aren't as tired in a season that's as compressed as this one. But but I will give them credit. I'm not saying that to take it away, Um, but you can go back and point to a number of games where it's like, man, if you could have just learned to close. You know, you could very much be in this thing. Um, and, and while they, they, they had a few games that they won late, it was one of those things. They just never – we could talk about a lot of things they need to improve on, but one of them in my mind I was knowing in, in, in that situation, in the clutch, late in the game, whether it be the other team going on a run, whether it be a play out of a timeout, whether it just be needing to make a clutch shot – They were on the wrong end of that much more than they were on the right end of it this year. You hope that long term it just helps them grow, but in the short term, you've seen young teams, you know, not be as extreme as this Pelicans team was this year. But for so long, it was let's set a good record one night and an awful record the next, and you know some of those awful records they set were first team to lose a game that led by this much with this much time left. Mm -hmm. There's just too much of that this year, and if if you change just a few of those, you're right in the mix right now.
0: Right, and we saw that with how really the season began. Started out positively, if I remember right, I think they were four and two. They had beaten Toronto twice in the first couple of weeks, and then the hard luck, hard luck losses kind of hit. But it was their own doing. You're right to bring up the Indiana Pacers game, Scott, because I still remember it well. Had they just gotten the ball across half court, right, not turned it over, they would have beaten the Pacers in their first matchup. You know, had Stan Van Gundy just called a timeout, and then the next two games were games both against the Thunder and Charlotte, where if Nikhil makes a last buzzer shot, even though they were winning big, they could have still eked out a win in that one, but he missed. And they gave up something like an 18 or 20-point lead, if I remember right, to the Thunder, which, as we know, not a good team. And, you know, they never, it seemed like, grew from that. And that was my biggest problem with this team. They didn't seem to learn what to do in the final five minutes or in key moments of what it takes to be successful and to basically earn that win um, both on offense and defense. Right. And, 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 it shined again, you know, I think the biggest killer was in the middle of April, losing those two overtime losses back to back to the wizards and Knicks. I almost felt at the time that was it. That was the season. Sure enough. I mean, I guess you could say that was it right there. I mean, had those two been wins, right. They'd be right. there still neck and neck with the Spurs, but either way, there was too many of those games and you're right. And that's what I think is the biggest thing. Even though we've seen Point Zion happen, even though Brandon Ingram's an all-star, who's a great, you know, three-level scorer, these guys never, you know, figured it out. Scott, when when it came time to get a, uh, you know, basket, they they, they just they, the turnovers would happen, missed shots, you name it. They always found ways to lose, and, and that's the biggest problem. So moving forward, even though you have all this talent, you wonder did they truly grow from those experiences. And I'm not sure, and I think that's what this front office is going to have to figure out. And my gut tells me, no, you're going to have to bring in a veteran or two, some kind of guiding rudder, right, for this young squad, even though they're so talented. Maybe like a Chris Paul, maybe somebody at the point guard position, because I'll tell you what, the biggest disappointment in that starting lineup was the backcourt between Lonzo Ball and Eric Wood. So they were below average, let's face it. And I don't think the front office, David Griffin, should have any interest in bringing both of those guys back together to start.
1: Uh, you know, you said someone like Chris Paul, but actually Chris Paul, right? I mean, you don't think he's he's getting out of Phoenix, do you?
0: Uh, no way. I I, I, I wish not, that was the case, but I'll say what, he no found way. a nice
1: home over there. <laughs> yeah, no, he. Uh, I know, I know, New Orleans fans, especially longtime ones, were just thinking, man, what if, what if he and just they just it, what, contract be damned, they had gone that route instead of some of the other routes they went. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just didn't seem to work. Uh, Steven Adams fit. Eric Bledsoe's fit. Lonzo Ball's fit. Um, I, I think Adams is back next year, and he's under contract. Bledsoe isn't. Lonzo Ball, what's 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 his future, Ali? I mean, you've got to let the market set itself, right? You can't overpay, can you?
0: No, and, you know, for the first time in a long time, I'm indifferent. I'll be happy if they bring him back, and I also won't – You know, really shed any kind of tears whatsoever if he finds a new home. If they decide to go a different route, because you're right, I don't see how you can pay somebody say, let's just for nice uh, round numbers, say he's going to get somewhere around right twenty million dollars a year on his next contract for the next four years. Don't do it. (laughs) And yeah, and it's just too scary of a thought. When you saw him alongside Brandon and Zion and that trio, couldn't figure it out. After being together in their second year, I know last year was very injury ridden and there's been highs and you figure if they had better surrounding pieces. But still, that threesome should be able to win you more games than not if they're going to be the big money guys and the leaders of this team. And we didn't really see that. So, yeah, that's going to be the biggest question for David Griffin by a mile. Scott, what do you do with Lonzo Ball? Do you now uh, sign and trade him? Uh, because you certainly don't want to let him go for anything or leave him for nothing, because he's a good player. Let's face it, he's a really good player. He just can't be relied upon to be one of your main scorers or one of your aggressive guys when you need a bucket. And in today's NBA, you really kind of need that mentality from a lot of guys to be a good team.
1: All under contract for next year some young guys. Kira Lewis, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Najee Marshall, Wayne Gabriel, don't know if he'll be back. We'll see. Jackson Hayes, right? You've seen growth from Nall. You've seen growth from Jackson Hayes, which is one of maybe the biggest positives from this year when you look at how he's still kind of a a puppy in terms of his basketball skills, but how much he grew and seemed to mature from early in the season to the end of the season. Uh, Kyra Lewis had a nice, you know, he had nice moments, a lot of speed. And then Najee Marshall just kind of comes in and, does so many of the little things and got rewarded with a contract, which I thought was well deserved, and sent a good message to the team. Hey, you're gonna play hard. You know we're all we're all taking notice. Um, that's a positive there. That young core. Najee Marshall's deal. What does that mean for Josh Hart's future? Because I know because he's been hurt for a little while, he's kind of been um, you know out of the out of the 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 Limelight of the Pelicans, and so he hadn't been discussed as much. But that's another big offseason decision they got to make for a guy that I know the fan base loves him, I know his teammates love him. But I, I look at that deal Marshall got, and I'm like, Yeah, I'm not sure if Josh Hart's back.
0: I'm with you, Scott. Um, before Najee emerged, you know, you saw the difference Josh Hart would make with his tenacity. Uh, intensity rebounding, doing all the kind of things that needed to be filled in, the holes, that is, on the Pelicans out there on a nightly basis. You know, he's a great rebounder, especially for his position. And that's something that the transition team um, requires for other guys other than usually the big guys just, you know, playing a standard type of basketball, being underneath the rim and corralling rebounds. Pelicans don't play that way. And I don't think that's the way they want to play, even though they have Steven Adams for a couple of more years we've seen, you know, Jackson Hayes, boy, he he offers something that I think this team needs. Steven Adams, while he's great at what he does, he's not the future because, one, he doesn't defend the rim as well and as athletically as you need to in today's NBA, and that's something Jackson has shown really a lot of glimpses this past week. Or you need to have somebody that's going to stretch the floor, right? And so with him doing neither, you you kind of like need to go in a different direction there. But – yeah, overall, Scott, you've got to be happy with these young guys. I mean, that is the bright spot on this season. So you've got Zion and Brandon, for sure. And then you've mentioned, rattle off, what, the three, four, five names of the guys that will be returning. And then you wonder, where does Lonzo Ball fit and where does Josh Hart fit? And I'll tell you what, Josh Hart's position is very precarious. What looked like he was, you know, you, you couldn't lose a guy of his caliber. Now you have somebody that's a replacement. Let's face it, I think James Johnson. Can offer a lot of things that, you know, Josh Hart kind of brings to the team well in terms of defensively rebounding, kind of give you that toughness. And he could probably be had, you know, if you want to bring him back, something probably, I would say, close to the minimum. So with Josh likely commanding somewhere eight to 10, maybe even a little bit more uh, million a season on the market. And if some, you know, other team wants to come in and pay him that, I doubt, you know, it's hard to foresee the Pelicans putting up and paying him that amount when you know it's almost redundant now that you've filled in kind of his position on this roster so it's unfortunate but I do think that there is a place and if he can be had for no more than MLE type money like 8 or 9 million then I wouldn't mind bringing him back cuz you can always use right those type of guys on a team we see injuries happen every season so I'm a fan of Josh Hart. I, I'm almost leaning towards you bring Josh Hart back, but maybe go in a different direction with Lonzo Ball's money.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Instance. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way. Ali Cassell, our guest, talking Pelicans. Before we let you run, Ali, uh, with the Pelicans all season fast approaching. Although we'll have the postseason after that. What what is the the number one thing on the list of off season um musts for David Griffin and that front office in New Orleans. What's the number one thing on that list? This is the thing we have to do this offseason. We've mentioned a couple of things, but what is at the top of the list in your mind most important, and if they don't get it done, they're just going to either plateau again next year or even take a step back if they don't do it?
0: Oh, I wish I could say more than one thing, Scott, because without a doubt they need to add more shooting on this team, some reliable shooting somebody that can play starter like minutes and be that gravity out there. And it can't be Brandon Ingram. He's a scorer. He's not your three point shooter. So they need to, without a doubt, address that. And I think the easiest way to do that is like, uh, we've been kind of, you know, in, inc- um, uh, talking about here is, is the fact that Alonzo ball and Eric Bledsoe can't be allowed to continue. I think they've got to move off of Eric Bledsoe's contract this season. He just doesn't give you enough on either end, Scott. And, He's going to be fortunately coming in the last year of his deal. So he'll be a very movable piece, even though I know he's owed a, a, a few more million in the following season, but next year is going to be kind of like his contract here. So you got him. And if you long the ball's not your future, then you've got to replace that as well. So shooting and just some guidance, leadership at the guard positions, Kyra and Nikhil, they look like they're going to be um, potentially maybe even starters, but either way, very reliable rotation pieces for you moving forward. But You don't want to rely on them just yet, right? Kyra's 20. uh, I think Nikhil's 23. So you still need somebody in the meantime. Maybe a Kyle Lowry. I don't know who who you can find on the market that can potentially fit, but you've got to go in there as long as they can shoot the three ball.
1: Ali Cassell has been our guest, editor-in-chief of the Bird Rights covering the Pelicans for SB Nation, co-host of the Bird Calls N-O podcast at Ali Cassell on Twitter, O-L-E-H-K-O-S-E-L. Appreciate it as always, my friend. Thanks for taking the time and Sure, we'll be talking a couple of times in the offseason when the moves start to be made, the dominoes start to fall.
0: Absolutely. Take care, Scott, and stay dry because it's coming down like crazy right now over in New Orleans.
1: All right, man. Same to you, my friend.